Hey there, everyone. I'm Ashley Bullington, and you are watching The Campfire. It's our summer camp show where we break down districts from around the greater Houston area. Let's get started with the film session as we go into the private school and small school ranks. In the lower classifications, the best place to start is in 4A Division I and El Campo. The Ricebirds welcome in new head coach Chad Worrell from Brock, who already has a state championship ring on his finger. Whirl inherits a team with high expectations due to their two-headed monster in the backfield of seniors John Trey Davis and junior Reuben Owens. Both ran well over 1,400 yards last year as the Ricebirds went 9-2 before bowing out of the playoffs to Kilgore in the second round. Another D1 team to look out for is Needville, who may have finished 7-6 last year, but the Blue Jays were an impressive 4-1 in district play. In 4A Division II, Houston fans will have their eyes on District 12 4A. Both Sealy and Belleville had solid seasons and are ready to do the same in 2021. The Tigers were 9-3 and three and swept through district play while going three rounds deep in the postseason. They also returned junior quarterback Devon Himaluski, who was the district MVP as a sophomore. The Brahmas returned their big three in running back Richard Reese, athlete Robert Briggs, and quarterback Jake Lishka, which means look for offensive explosions at Belleville games. In 3A, East Chambers is going to turn to youth to get them through. Quarterback Jacob Perot was named captain as a sophomore and promptly became the district newcomer of the year. He'll need help from senior KK Morris to help lead the Buffs on a deep playoff run. East Bernard was shocked last year in the first run of playoffs. The Bramas didn't score a point and lost 7-0 in double overtime. They did have an 8-1 regular season with Dallas Novicki returning behind center expect another big season. Finally, in the private ranks, SPC went without a technical regular season last year and no playoffs, leaving teams scrounging for games to play. This year, with a full slate of games, look for the Speedy Falcons of the Kincaid School and Bel Air Episcopal to battle for state titles. Over in Taps, St. Thomas has a lot to replace, but if they can make a smooth transition, they could make a deep playoff run. Some really great teams that we'll be seeing in the private school and the lower classifications for football. They also have some great players that make up this team. And now you get to meet some of them and our players on the rise. We start things off in El Campo with running back Ruben Owens. Despite splitting carries with John Trey Davis and Charles Shorter, Owen still managed to rush for 1,500 yards and 22 touchdowns for the Ricebirds. And guess what? That was only his sophomore year. Expect even more out of Owens in his junior campaign as he averaged just under 11 yards per carry, which means if he's getting the ball, you're getting first downs. Owens verbally committed to the University of Texas in February, so he'll be all about balling come August. At the Kincaid School, Dylan Bell played all over the field on offense. He got snaps at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver for the Falcons, but projects as either a wideout or running back at the next level. So let's just call him an athlete, shall we? 
Because of his versatility, Bell's numbers don't jump off the page as a receiver, but that's where most of the colleges recruiting him see him playing. With hopefully a full SPC schedule next year, look for big things out of Dylan Bell. Another big time running back in the lower classifications is Belleville's Richard Reese. As a junior, Reese ran for almost 1,900 yards, including 345 yards and seven touchdowns against Cameron Yo. Reese has some D1 interests, but more offers should be pouring in over the 2021 season. On the defensive side of the ball, you can't overlook Stafford's Quadrell Pat. An imposing figure at six foot four and 240 pounds. Pat made all district at defensive end and tight end this past year. Pat gets to the quarterback quick, and when he's there, that quarterback is going down. Wow, some really amazing talent that we're going to be seeing on these teams. I can't wait for football season to start. I know we just ended basketball season, but August needs to be here already. You know, we have some great leadership on these teams from the players, but they need great coaching to help them reach their ultimate goal of winning championships. And our Inside High School Sports producer, Ward Fasold, caught up with one of the coaches to talk about his team and some of the landscape that you'll be seeing. All right, I'm joined by Bellevue's head coach, Grady Rowe. Grady, let's talk a little bit about last season before we we, we plug along to this season. Y'all got 10 games in there. You, you, you finished eight and two. The, the two losses were very competitive games. Could have gone either way on both of them. How do you think your team fared and, and especially in the circumstances you had to deal with with the pandemic and everything? Well, uh, you know, uh, like everybody else, it was uh, a real ordeal to deal with, with, with the, uh, the different protocols and guidelines. But I'll tell you what, our kids did a wonderful job. Our community did a good job. And, uh, you know, I think we learned some things, obviously, from, from, the, from the pandemic and, and uh, the way we, we handled some things. But, uh, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an ordeal. I don't think anybody wants to go through that again. Uh, but, uh, you know, really proud of our kids and the way they handled the situation. And, and uh, you know, uh, we, we got a full season in. You know, we were canceled uh, early uh, in non-district and then uh, had a forfeit in district play. And uh, we're, we're still able to, to get that many games in. And a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people weren't able to get that many games. So we, we were fortunate to be able to play that many. Coach, uh, you talked about losing a couple games uh, due to the pandemic, but uh, your star, your stars there, Briggs and, and Reese, turned out to have stellar years, even through just the ten games that you did get to play. Last year, you had the year before you had thirteen, and and Robert, I know Reese had about you know twenty one hundred yards, and, and this past year he had almost eighteen hundred, almost nineteen hundred. Plus, he had that miraculous game against Cameron Yo, which I'm, I'm sure is in the back of your mind. There were seven touchdowns. And you're bringing Briggs back. Talk about how dynamic your offense is going to be uh, once again. Well, you know, we, we've been predominantly uh, a slot T team for, for years. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, those two guys have, have, have really forced us to open things up a little more and get in the gun and, and spread the ball out a little bit more. And we've got a quarterback that's been able to, to help do that. But, uh, you know, I think that that Robert Briggs and Richard Reese are, uh, they have to be right at the top, if not at the top in 4A of a, the, the best duo in the state. Uh, you've got Richard Reese, who's the all-time leading rusher in the history of Belleville, and that's just through his junior year. And, and you've got uh, some legends that, 
Uh, you know, Ernie Coy was the leading rusher. Ernie, you know, of course, went on to the University of Texas and played and, and, and was a stud there and went on into the NFL. And, and uh, he's, he's rushed for more yards in a, in a different era of football uh, than, than Ernie. So Richard is a dynamic player, a uh, very hard worker. And, uh, you know, then you have Robert Briggs, who's, who's a different type of dynamic player, uh, just really explosive and, and great speed. And who's uh, really, really athletic, and we can put him all over the field. And, you know, they both can really go. And, uh, uh, you know, we're happy that they're both back for sure. Talk about that, uh, about you as a coach then. Uh, you, you talked about how you, your, your style is slot T, and you have two guys that, you know, it, it's not going to be as dynamic if you run a slot T. How, does it really challenge you as a coach to, to kind of go away with what you norm, go away from what you normally do to, to work around the players you've got? And, and do you like that kind of challenge? Well, we, we do. Uh, we, we do like the challenge. We embrace it. Anytime you have two athletes like that and you're forced to do uh, some things different to get to get both of them the ball. And, you know, we like to try to get Robert the ball in the open a little bit, uh, you know, spread them out and, you know, kind of pick your poison between the two. And because we do have some other athletes around them, we've got a quarterback that's been uh, this will be the first time that we've had a uh, three year starter at quarterback. Uh, last year was actually the first time we had a two year starter. Uh, and so just just those dynamics uh, within our offense, uh, had, you know, and then two really two Division One football players and four A in your offense is you know that's it, it's it's challenging to to spread the ball out and and uh, get them the ball, but it's 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 one of those challenges that you like and you just embrace. Excellent. We we talked a lot about your offense for twenty twenty one. What's the defense going to be looking like, and and what challenges may that bring? Well, you know we have, we have some challenges there on the defensive side. We we've got uh you know Robert is our only uh, uh, returner in the secondary. Uh, you know, so uh, there, there's a challenge right there uh, just uh, to try to get the back end of our defense up and, and ready to go. But uh, we, we believe that our linebackers are going to be very solid. We've got uh, Tyler Fishbeck, who started as a freshman. He, then he played last year as a sophomore. And, and uh, you know, he'll be basically a three-year starter as a junior. And uh, he's kind of the leader on that defense. We look for him. And then Cole Powell. Uh, Cole Powell is a big-time player for us. This will be his uh, senior year, and, and, man, he's a really, really good nose for us. Uh, but we, we'll still have some, some, some questions there up front on the defensive line, but we do have Powell to, to anchor that down. And uh, So there will be some challenges there. We'll have to grow up fast and, and get ready, but we believe our non-district schedule will really get us, get us ready for district play. I was going to say that's, a, that's something that you – you've done over the last couple of years is put yourself together a non-district title that, or non-district schedule that gets you ready for district play and playoff play. Speaking about district play and 12-4A, you've got a Sealy team that you need to get past to get that district title uh, and, and, and other challenging teams in there. But what's it going to take for you to get past uh, not only Sealy but the rest of them to get that district crown? Well, uh, you know, our district will be tough, and, and Sealy's a big rivalry game, and, and now we're back in district with them, and uh, that makes the stakes uh, uh, higher because they, it's, it's, it counts for sure in district play. But uh, Sealy's got the better of us the last several years, and, and uh, it's always a – you know, we're so close to each other. It's a big rivalry game, and uh, Coach Mobley and his staff do a great job. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to hold on to the ball for one and not turn the ball over. They've got, they had some breaks last year with some onside kicks and they were able to get them. And, uh, 
Uh, you know, we had some key penalties and things that happened in that game. So we'll just – we'll have to uh, play a little bit better football than what we have against them. And, uh, you know, number one is secure the dadgum football. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, district will be uh, – you know, it'll be fun. It'll be a challenging challenging year in our district. But, you know, you have to look at Sealy. I mean, they 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 were – they you have to consider them number one right now and, and uh, you know, go after them. They're the defending uh, district champ. So – uh, it'll be interesting. Well, hopefully this year we uh, start off on time. We play on time. We get everything done on time. And I know you you guys also had the the difficulty of playing with heavy hearts, you know, as that could last year. So I, I'm I'm wishing you guys the best, and let's let's hope we get this thing kicked off uh, kicked off great. Absolutely, we're looking we're looking forward to to hopefully a normal year and and uh, getting getting to play a, a a real full season of football and. Uh, appreciate what you guys do and and uh, including us in, in your uh, preview here. No problem. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Coach Rowe, thank you so much for joining us here on the Campfire. Awesome job. And we are so excited to see the Bramas in the coming season with all of their amazing talent. We're going to have Ward Fissel back on and this time he's going to be breaking down some private school and small school stuff with the district breakdown with inside high school sports insider matt harris all right man we're joined by our inside high school sports insider matt harris we're going to talk lower classifications hey matt I'm thinking about these running backs that Houston has in 4A with, with Ruben Owens and, and Richard Reese at Bellevue. I got to tell you, it's got my mouth watering. I can't wait to see these guys. But besides these guys, who else are you looking at that we should kind of keep an eye on? Yeah, both of those guys had fantastic seasons last year. But I'm going to move away from the running back position a little bit and look at a quarterback that really caught my eye, and that's Devon Himalewski at Sealy. Now, he threw for over 2,000 yards and ran for over 1,000 more yards and accounted for 40 touchdowns last season. And here's a catch. He was just a sophomore. So you got to think at Sealy, him going into his junior year, he's got a year of varsity experience under his belt. Those numbers could grow even more. And on top of that, Sealy made it farther than any other Houston team in the playoffs last season, making it to round three. So they return a, a good receiving core. And while they lose running back Alvin Nunn, Alvin's little brother, Avante, should fill his shoes nicely uh, to help aid Himalewski and Sealy's uh, state championship pursuit. Now, you talked about Sealy as a team to watch, uh, and we've already mentioned throughout this whole deal about El Campo. Is there any other teams uh, that we can kind of keep an eye out for? Yeah, so Sealy, again, made it to round three last season. El Campo has a fantastic running back in Ruben Owens and a coach now with championship pedigree bringing in Chad Rural from Brock, obviously. Uh, but let me tell you, other than those two, uh, I'm keeping my eye on Bellevue still. They've got a great duo uh, with with Reese and Robert Briggs. Um, but they, they did lose to Sealy in district play last season and went out, I believe, in the second round. Uh, so I'm keeping my eye on Dallas Novicki at quarterback at East Bernard. Um, East Bernard is a school that lost two games last season, both by seven points or less. Now, they were upset in round one against Lexington, 7-0. But the last two seasons before that, they made it all the way to the state semifinals. They lost to Paul Pewitt in 2019 and Newton, who won state, in 2018. Both of those were close games as well. So history would tell you over the last few seasons, if East Bernard's losing a game, it's probably close. 
They've got a lot of experience in close games, and I think at some point that experience, especially with a returning quarterback, uh, is going to push them over the edge. So I would keep an eye on East Bernard making a, a potentially a state championship run once again after, again, a, lot, a little disappointing last season, but two seasons before that, they were right there. Yeah, you're right. Last year was a huge disappointment for for the Brahmins. They were – I mean, not only you, – you say 7 nothing, but that was 7 nothing in two overtimes. So they had two other shots to score, and they couldn't do it. So I, I agree with you on that, man. I just can't wait to get this thing started again. I know we're, we're only in April right now, but just, you know, doing our research on these teams and, and thinking about what's what's to come, and we probably have a pandemic-free year. Boy, I'm, I'm kind of souped up for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward back to – just great atmospheres, 100% attendance. Uh, it's going to be great. And it's crazy. Basketball season ended like two weeks ago, but here we are already previewing football season. And I know me and you are both very excited to be doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll dive into 5A and 6A throughout the rest of the weeks of the, of the off season here. I appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Ward, Matt, thank you so much for all of that great insight. Thank you for joining me here on the campfire. It is so much fun to have my Inside High School Sports family on with me as I'm not doing this all by myself. I love it. But you can watch the campfire every Monday on our social media accounts right here. You can watch it on any of our social media platforms. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube where you can see all of the info that's coming in on these five and six eight districts in the next coming weeks. We'll be breaking them all down and giving you great content throughout the entire week. I'm Ashley Bullington, and thank you so much for watching The Campfire. I'll see you next Monday.